We are a little bit less than a week away from the NBA draft with just last night, the NBA announced that the season will start on December 22nd. We'll have 72 games. So the season may have just ended, but it's really starting right back up with the draft being next Thursday. Um, And then we'll have free agency and pretty much a season right after you're listening to cut to the chase. I'm your host, Chase Williams, and alongside me, as what seems like almost every episode, is a good friend of mine, Kyle Bauer. How are you doing today, Kyle? I am great, and I think uh, we figured out that I'm the reason people listen to this podcast, so thank you for having me back over and over and over to feed the masses. We know what you want to hear. It's been a joy to have you on. So, you know, as I mentioned, the draft just a little bit under a week away, as it is this Thursday. And so we have a lot to talk about. I want to start off by talking about just some of the the top talents in this draft. I picked out a few players I want to I want to talk about. Four of them. I think they're four of the top guys. Uh, four of the most interesting. And I believe these guys very easily could go one through four, but you never know. So let's start off with who I think a few months ago people really thought as the number one draft prospects, but now people aren't so sure. There's talk the Warriors might snag him at number two, and they have hope for it. That's Anthony Edwards. Tell me, what do you like? What do you dislike about the kid? Honest to God, I believe Anthony Edwards is going to be the best player out of this class. And, I mean, that's pretty much no no news, no surprise there. He's been the consensus number one. But I know right now Minnesota is kind of debating whether or not he's a fit alongside D'Angelo Russell, which – I mean, I get you want to build the team around what you have right now, but when you have the number one pick, you really should be considering that number one pick being your franchise player. And I get that they have Carl Anthony Towns. I get that they have D'Angelo Russell and they're ready to win now. But Anthony Edwards is going to have the best career out of this class and they really should not think too hard on this. He is who they should pick. I I completely agree with you on that. I think he is the best player in this class, or at least has the highest ceiling. I don't know. I think he could struggle more than some of the other people coming out in his rookie season and maybe isn't has as many strengths as someone that we'll talk about in a little bit. But I think he's great. I mean, he is pretty much a walking bucket. He could work on his jump shot, I think, a little bit. But as I read and as I've seen throughout the season, I mean, he went to Georgia – Georgia is one of those crappy power five schools. Really, he's really the one guy that they've had for a long time uh, in a long time that's been any good. So they really like defense is really closed down on him. So some some of his shots were just, I think, more poor shot selection than him being a weak, weak jump shot shooter. He's also six foot five, I think 225. He is built big for a shooting guard. And he could become a combo guard, really not at that position. But I think Anthony Edwards is the most exciting player to me. I think he has the highest ceiling. I think he's the number one prospect. And later we'll go through and let we'll go through and have a simulation of the draft lottery. But I think this guy definitely is great. He could work on some things. He's a Tom Crean. Um, he was coached by coached, excuse me, by Tom Crean, just like Dwayne Wade, just like Victor Oladipo, two great shooting guards we've seen. And so I have really high hopes for Anthony Edwards. I think he doesn't have many weaknesses or his weaknesses aren't as large as some of the others. Mm -hmm. And I think just the fact that this guy has a really good stepping stone and he, I just, I think he's going to be great. I think he fits well into 
at least what the Timberwolves could do. But I think anyone should pick him up. I agree. If he drops at all, any of those teams that skip on him are going to be stupid. I think he's the number one draft pick, in my opinion. Next up, we have, I think, the most interesting player of this draft. Um, he has uh, kind of his own TV show on Facebook. You know, LaMelo Ball. <laughs> Everyone either loves him or hates him. And I'll start off, I, I like LaMelo. I think there's a lot that he could be great. But he's also a wild card in this draft. He's tall, which is huge, especially for a point guard, just like Lonzo. I think that could be extremely helpful. Um, I believe he may fall a little bit, and I think a small market team might take a chance on him, try to get some hype into the organization. If a guy like LaMelo Ball breaks out and plays well, that could help them get more attention from other players. He is a great playmaker. But there's also lots of cons with LaMelo Ball, and the biggest one for me has to be the effort. Sometimes he just looks lazy out there. He makes dumb plays, and that's another weakness right there. He doesn't he has this great playmaker ability. He doesn't always use it. And then also his shot is just like Lonzo's, not not looking the same, but uh, you just like Lonzo's in the fact that it's going to be what I call interesting. It's not quite normal. And so I think those things can really hold LaMelo back along with the problem of his father is LeVar Ball and his older brother is Lonzo Ball, who had just as much hype as he has coming into the draft and... I mean, honestly, Lonzo hasn't worked out well so far. So I think Lamelo's an interesting prospect. We'll see him go early, but I could see him falling and it really be coming down to a team taking a risk. I don't think we see Minnesota risk take a risk on him. I don't think we see Golden State. I think you have to look down. The highest he could go is Charlotte, and that goes back to it being a small market team. I think that's the biggest reason why they would take him. But what's your opinion on Lamelo? Because you know everyone's got one. <laughs> well, I'm a little bit biased in that as a Lakers fan, loved the Lonzo Ball pick at the time that was, you know, the hype was there. Everything about the Ball family was was fresh and new and exciting and it was just going to be the greatest thing. And I remember back then watching that TV show, what is it called? Ball in the Family, something like that. Mm-hmm. And like one of the first things I remember watching was just how the, the brothers interacted with each other and interacted with the different people who were, you know, around the family. And after like the first three episodes, I realized one thing, I hate LaMelo Ball's attitude. Like if I, LaVar Ball's bad enough, but LaMelo at 15, 16 years old was one of those that watching the, Watching the show, you just wanted to jump through your computer screen and slap him in the face. <laughs> and and that's terrible to say to about a, you know, 15, 16 year old. But and then like one of the few clips of basketball I remember watching early on was the game, and I'm sure everybody knows about this game, the game where he cherry picked and scored like a hundred points. No, he scored like 70 points. I think, I think it was it was like, ninety-two if I remember correctly. Ninety-two, you know what? That sounds right. That sounds right. But like he cherry picked the whole game and the the video was straight up like he looked gassed and he just didn't want to get back on defense. So he just stood there, waited for them to pass him the ball. And then he just throw it up there. And like, here's the deal. The talent is there. The basketball ability is there. I think he could be a really good NBA player. I don't think he's going to be better than his brother, but the talent is there in the right situation. He could, become a a serviceable nba player 
I just, it's all of those extra things, those cons, that effort level, the, the, um, you don't, you know, what's his attitude going to be like? Is he going to be a little bit lazier? Is he going to be all about the spotlight, making money and getting shoe deals? Like it's all that extra stuff that makes him the wild card for me that I would not take as an NBA team in the top 10. I, I completely agree. I think he will go in the top 10, but he, I think, there was that one point where people were talking about him as a number one draft pick, and I was just scratching my head. Next comes to the guy that, if we did this a year ago, I would have expected to be the number one pick. That's James Wiseman from Memphis. You know, did not play much this year with everything that happened with him at Memphis, but I think he's the most skilled and most NBA-ready right now. Um, but I'll let you go ahead, give your take on him before I talk about why I love this guy so much. To me, he's one of the most exciting prospects that I remember over the last few years. And I remember watching like his high school tape and his, you know, early, you know, in college, the the little tape I got to see of college. Um, I think, like you said, he's probably the most NBA ready player. And he was probably ready right out of high school to go be, uh, I don't want to say a starter, but he might be ready to be you know, an everyday center. And in the way the league is set up right now, you know, the center position is kind of in a limbo state where you look at Andre Drummond getting traded for second round picks, essentially. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, what value does each NBA team have in that center position? And you look at, you know, right where he could fall, Golden State, Charlotte, how does he fit in those places? Or, you know, if Golden State decides they want to trade back, whatever, like who jumps up? And if they jump up, like, are they taking Wiseman? Cause he fits. I want to see this guy succeed. I want it, him to be a good NBA player. Um, I don't think it'll happen the first few seasons. I think he's one of those guys that he can make an all-star team, but it'll be, it'll be later on than some of these other, you know, top three picks coming into a draft. I I agree with that. I, I think overall he'll have one of the most consistent careers. I think he'll maybe win rookie of the year, but then you'll see someone take that second year jump and become an all-star, and it won't be Wiseman. I do think he's the most skilled. He's extremely athletic. He is a good defender for the most part. He's pretty quick for a big man, but we just didn't see him much. And the other big issue is the fact that he is he – is, um, Kind of in a dying position, if we're honest. I mean, just you don't see centers much. You talked about Andre Drummond being traded for second-round picks. If you can't shoot, you're not too helpful to a team. And he has potential, but he's not the best shooter. He also struggles with pick-and-roll defense, which is huge. You know, people like Bam Adebayo are so key to teams right now because he can guard the pick-and-roll. But I think there's just so... That if you look at this man, James Wiseman, and you just know he he's built to succeed. I think he's got good work ethic. I think if he goes to the right team, which I really think he will, you'll see him just really become some great player in the NBA. I don't know that he'll ever be the most dominant center of all time or anywhere near even the most dominant center of his generation. But I think this guy will be great. I think if he can extend his shot a little bit, if he can really work on his offensive skill set and become one of those guys like Bam Adebayo where he can range out a little bit, dribble the ball comfortably, and not just be awkward, 
and stay out of foul trouble. That's the other thing that I know throughout his career he's had troubles with. He's, he's a little bit foul prone. And so if he can really focus on just really, I guess, I would say really tweaking his game to be just a little bit better, I think he's got a really good set to start off with. And so I, I'm probably, I would say I'm most excited to see Anthony Edwards, but I think this guy, James Wiseman, is probably the one that, is going to be the most consistent. He almost reminds me of he could be a Tim Duncan, like just a little bit lower than Tim, Tim Duncan, but a really key player to a franchise for a long time and just be extremely consistent and be balling out, even though he's 37 years old in 20 years and just really be the cornerstone of a franchise that could have stars come in and out of it. And so the final guy I want to talk about is Danny Advija which he, he's the biggest international prospect, I would say. I hear things about him all the time. have never really seen him play. Watched some highlights of him recently. And he's pretty versatile. The biggest thing for me is that he's, got, he's extremely smart. We've seen that. I think Luca was extremely smart, a high IQ player. And he has a pretty good shot for him as well. Um, you know, he doesn't always make, take the best shots, in my opinion, from what I've seen. And he focuses on the right side too much. He can't really drive to his left. And that's, so those are two things he can work on. But I think this guy is right there with LaMelo Ball as the biggest wild card in this draft. Because I think he could be really, really, really good. Or he could end up being a bust. I think there's a chance with international prospects, I always worry, like, oh, they may be a bust. But I think there's a chance we could see this guy being a true bucket for some team. Um, kind of in a, I would say almost in a Clay Thompson like role and a little bit different, but like a really good solid second option for a team that has just a generational superstar to it. But Denny's going to be a great player. In my opinion, he's just so interesting because he is versatile. He reminds me a lot of, I guess, if Luka Doncic and Clay Thompson had a baby almost. And so I'm really excited <laughs> for this guy. And I think he's most likely going to be the player that, jumps up in the draft or someone takes a risk on or someone trades up because they want him. So I, I'm interested to see what happens on Thursday with him. But what's what's your opinions on the guy? I hope, and I don't know that this is happening, but I hope people understand that this is not Luka Doncic 2.0. Um, not only, I mean, he's a different kind of player, but people see the, you know, international Here's his kind of play style. They talk about smart, high IQ player. He is not going to be Luka Doncic 2.0. I think my favorite uh, analysis of him was comparing Denny to uh, Hito Turgaloo. And for those of you who are young out there, you probably don't even remember the name. But Hito had a long NBA career, was very serviceable, was a guy you could count on good in multiple aspects of the game. And he's one of those guys, he wasn't a, you know, he wasn't an all-star every year, but he was the guy that like, you know, if, if he was a free agent, every single team was calling him saying, we want you. And I think you're going to see that out of Denny. He's going to be a really good NBA player for a long time. One of those guys that, you know, if, if it's getting towards the trade deadline and he's on a bad team, there's going to be a lot of calls for him throughout his career because he can help any team in the league. And I say that now on Thursday on draft night, I believe Denny is going to fall. I don't think he's going to be a top five pick. 
Um, I'd even go so far as to say there, there's an outside chance that he drops out of the top 10. And part of me, I don't want to see that happen. <laughs> but here's why I think it could happen. I think people watch the tape and, and see the bad more than they see the good. They see the, like you said, um, focuses on going to his right more. Uh, the, the shot IQ is sometimes, you know, the shot creation is sometimes a little bit eh. in this draft being such a question mark draft where, you know, this is one of the weirdest drafts we've ever had. Honestly, I wonder if there are going to be NBA teams that are not prepared to take a chance on him and we can see him drop out of the top 10 to say number 11, San Antonio. I think San Antonio would be a great place for him. But I don't see him dropping it. I think you're going to see more teams take a risk because they're hoping for Luka Doncic 2.0. And I agree. I don't think he is the next Luka. I think there are certain things he does a lot like Luka, just not as well. Ironically, as a Luka ad pops up on my computer. But <laughs> but I think this guy is going to be really good. I think he could be a second, could be a third star on a really good team like the Warriors in a few years, not not saying he should go to Golden State, but like a team like that has a sub like the Warriors have through the end of the 2010s. I think he could be a key player. I do think there's more, much more. The thing I see about him is just much more bust potential than Luca. Did. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I risk. I I think he'll either be slightly better than a, a than a Hito Turkulu, or he'll be a lot worse. Um, I don't know which is it. I hope he is a lot better, but I definitely, I like that comparison. I mean, looking at what ESPN is saying, where his improvements could be, he is an inconsistent shooter, though I do think he has good form. Um, He only shot 58% from the free throw line, which is not ideal at all, obviously. But I think this guy, I think this guy, someone's going to take a risk on because they're hoping to get Luka Doncic 2.0. It could be, someone trading up in this draft. And speaking of trades, they're bound to happen. They are bound to happen. So what teams in the lottery are going to trade, are, are going to make a trade? And I have a few teams picked out that I'll talk about. I bet you have somewhere you can also bounce off what I say. But I think the most obvious one is the Warriors. We've heard that um, – the Timberwolves picks up for grabs, but I just don't see them making a trade. I don't see anyone offering them something they want for that trade, but I do see Golden State potentially make a trade unless they see huge potential in one of these players or really think they can get Anthony Edwards at number two, or if they really want Wiseman, which there's a chance of, I don't think they're going to keep their pick. I really don't. I think they'll put their pick along with Andrew Wiggins and trade for someone. And I think that's the right choice. They're ready to compete. I know they have the number two pick. They had one of the worst raw, one of the worst um, records in the league. But of course, that was with their two all stars injured almost all year. Like they never had a chance. Mm-hmm. So I expect them to make a trade. I don't know about you. I'll also mention. I think Cleveland, after drafting Colin Sexton and Darius Garland back to back, could try to use their pick if they really like someone, and say, hey, take one of our young guards and trade up so they can play instead of playing two, what I would say, true point guards as their backcourt. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Maybe 
Minnesota's like, okay, we'll take the sixth pick if they really aren't into anyone that they can take at number one and Garland or and Sexton. And then you'll see Anthony <laughs> Edwards in Cleveland and we'll have a true one-two combo. I don't expect that to happen, but it's a wild card that I think makes sense in my head and that should be talked about more. Next, we've heard about Atlanta possibly trading down because they want to win now player. I could see that happening. I could potentially see the Spurs trading up and starting a rebuild, which is I kind of see these correlating. I could see LaMarcus Aldridge ending up on Atlanta and the Spurs having the sixth pick. That's kind of why it's high, but I think both of those trades are something very much that could happen. But I'm curious, what do you think? What trades could you see go on inside the lottery this year? Yeah, you took a couple that I I totally agree with. Golden State should trade back, and I think they will. Um, An interesting one that that I've been on for a while, and I think I texted you about this, is Golden State getting together with Cleveland Mm -hmm. and Cleveland sending Kevin Love to Golden State as part of a deal to get that number two pick to Cleveland. And I think if they do that, Cleveland would be able to keep that number five pick as well because I think Golden State being in win-now mode – Kevin Love, I mean, I know he's older. He he fits Golden State's kind of system of, you know, let's shoot at will, and he can do that, but he's also a very good rebounder. And I know he's older, and it's one of those that Golden State would be giving up the number two pick, knowing full well that it's win now and only for a few seasons. Mm-hmm. But – so that's that's one that I could see happening, and, and it might require them to throw in a Darius Garland in that deal. And uh, in return, yeah, obviously, Andrew Wiggins will have to be part of it to make the money work. And how funny would that be to see Andrew Wiggins in Cleveland? Um, there's just some, uh, I don't know, some irony, dramatic irony in that. Uh, so... I think the New York Knicks will try everything they can to move up. Whether or not that's the right decision, I don't know. Um, They're high on LaMelo Ball for whatever reason. Um, I don't agree with that, but I could see them moving up from number eight, trying to get uh, inside the top five, you know, even in the top three if they can. Um, Another one, and this is probably, this is probably my favorite trade up scenario. Uh, The Phoenix Suns. I could see them trying to get together with Atlanta and figuring out a way to go from 10 to six. Atlanta would trade back. Um, That would probably, uh, it would require some kind of package that helps Atlanta win now. But I think the Phoenix Suns are high on Killian Hayes. And I think in order for them to get Killian Hayes, they need to move up because I don't think he'll be there at number 10 for them. I think I think those are all great points. I definitely went with more. I think the Warriors, I, it's obvious to everyone. The Warriors are going to make a trade or they have someone really set in stone. But I, I definitely, you went with more of the, I want to say, more likely trades. I went with more, besides Atlanta, I also think Atlanta making a play now move makes a lot of sense in the East with the fact that I think you can always say that eighth spot is up for grabs for a lot of teams right now with the fact that we've seen the Orlando Magic be the eighth seed back-to-back years. Um, so I think Atlanta makes a play, uh, win-now move. Golden State makes a win-now move. But the rest of those are very much thrown up in the air. 
Mm-hmm. And for the past few years, we, we haven't seen this recently, but we did see this a few years ago with Jimmy Butler being traded to Minnesota on draft night. Is there a big star that you could see being moved on draft night? I think this year we won't see the 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 flash in the pan big move like a Jimmy Butler. Um, I do think we could see uh, Sacramento trade Buttled. Um, I think we could see you know, a couple smaller moves. Keep an eye on the Indiana Pacers with uh, Oladipo and Miles Turner and DeMontis Sabonis. We don't know what they're going to do with that core, if they're going to break it up or if they're going to try to keep it together. Um, keep an eye on what the, the Bucks do with Eric Bledsoe, if he's worth anything. Um, I don't think there will be big moves. The biggest name I could see getting moved would be a Victor Oladipo or a Buddy Heald. You stole the words right out of my mouth. I think Victor Oladipo is the one that's if I don't know how likely it is, but if anyone's getting traded that's really been an all-star, it's gonna be Oladipo. I think the only other option is that Washington really decides to blow things up. And I don't see it. I don't see them giving up on John Wall and Bradley Beal before you see them play again now that John Wall's been gone for what seems like an eternity. But I agree. I think there's a lot of chance for some solid starters to be traded um, with teams that want to compete now or want to start rebuilding for the future. But I don't think we're going to see a star player being removed. I definitely don't see anyone bigger than Victor Oladipo. I really I don't think Victor Oladipo will be traded Thursday either just because of the fact that I think it's so confusing what his true uh, trade potential is but who I do think may get moved is I could see New Orleans New Orleans moving on from Drew Holiday I think if they're going to do it they'll do it on Thursday I really think that is what we'll see happen on Thursday if anyone if anyone and I'm not even sure that Drew Holiday will be traded but I think those are kind of some interesting ideas so I would say Victor Oladipo Drew Holiday are the two players people should be on the lookout for and really paying attention and to wrap up tonight's episode even though oh no we're gonna we're gonna skip i was gonna ask about some steals mid to late first round but i'll be honest i think it, it it'll be more interesting to wrap up with the fact of a simulation of the draft lottery and what we'll do is there'll be no trades. so this will be if we have a very boring <laughs> night and the fact of no trades um so I'll let you have the first pick. We're going to throw the Minnesota Timberwolves on the clock. You tell me. You have all the odd picks. I'll have the even picks. You tell me who you're going to draft and why you're drafting them. So first pick, Minnesota Timberwolves. They're on the, the first clock. pick. The Timberwolves should and will take Anthony Edwards. I don't think there's any reason that they should overthink this. It's Anthony Edwards all day. I agree. I was really hoping you spiced things up and didn't take Edwards so that I could say the Warriors take Edwards. But I think if that's true, that pushes, that means with the second pick, Golden State, if they're drafting in this position, they're going to draft James Wiseman. I don't think they take a risk on anyone else here. And so it's, it's obvious. It's the one guy that fits. I think everyone's talked about for a long time. I think he fits their potential. I think it's just the right pick, especially because they want a big man that can compete with the Lakers, and he might be the best guy for them to take that risk with. 
So we're right back at it. Charlotte, you're on the clock. The number three pick, uh, the Charlotte Hornets select LaMelo Ball. And if only for the little irony of LeVar has to watch his son go to a team who I truly believe has the least amount of talent in the NBA and watch him struggle with that team for a little while. But uh, I think Charlotte takes a chance on LaMelo and he goes number three. I agree. I think, again, you kind of stole who I was hoping to draft at number four. With the fourth pick, we've got the Chicago Bulls. And there's a lot they can do here. But I think what they'll end up doing is playing it safe. And it's between Obi Toppin and Isaac Okoro, actually, for me. I think both of those guys could fit that system well. But I think they'll go Okoro just due to the fact that I think they could use a small forward. I think he's really good. He has the physical tools to be an NBA wing. He's a great defender. He has high basketball IQ. But I don't think they're looking for scoring, which is why I kind of think they may look down further of the best available players. I think Isaac Okoro is just pretty much going to guarantee to work hard, be a good defender, and really be the top uh, a type of glue guy that I think Chicago needs and hasn't found in the rebuild yet. And that that could be exactly what we see with Okoro. So I'll send it back to you. Who will Cleveland draft at five? Cleveland is going to take Obi Toppin at number five. And I I don't know if you've watched this guy or like seen, you know, his, his clips. I'm sure you have. You're more of a basketball nerd than I am. But to me, his flavor just feels like he needs to be in Cleveland. You know, he's a guy he's from, you know, went to college in Dayton, feels like an Ohio guy keeping him in Cleveland at number five. I agree with that. With Atlanta in six, they're an interesting position because I really don't, like, they. there's nothing that screams who they should draft. And because of that, I think you could see them take a risk and maybe if they're giving up on Cam Reddish a little bit too early, they could take Den- Denny. And so I'm going to have them take the guy from Israel. I think he kind of fits in with who Atlanta's drafted the past few years, the moves they made. There's a few positions. There's really, correction, there's a few players I think they could take, but I think Denny, just because he's going to be the best available at the time, they're going to take him. And the fact that, really, I feel like they feel pretty comfortable with a player they have at each position. They're just going to go the best available route. And so we're going to see him in Atlanta. So next up, pick seven is Detroit. Go ahead. All right, so I'm really kind of stuck between two players for Detroit, and they're two very different positions, which is why it's a little bit difficult. So the my my instinct tells me that they'll go with Patrick Williams, uh, the forward out of Florida State, just because um, I think they'll look to bridge the gap uh, for when Blake Griffin is gone, and I think he would be an excellent plug him into the power forward position when Blake is no longer there, but. For the sake of, uh, of being exciting, I'm going to have them take uh, a point guard, a position that I think there's going to be a need for um, for them, and it's going to be Tyrese Halliburton from Iowa State. You know, I, I'm not surprised you said that. Tyrese, I think, fits Detroit really well. This puts New York in a very interesting position. Um, because I think they would love to have a point guard, but I don't. The next best point guard, Killian Hayes, 
RJ Hampton. I don't think they take either of those guys. It seems like the New York thing to do to take one <laughs> of those guys. But I think just with the fact that they drafted RJ Hampton last year, they won't do it. So I think they'll take the big man of USC, um, Anoika Okanagwu. I don't exactly know how. Wow, that was brutal. Um, but I think it it, it really <laughs> was. Um, I think he. I, I've watched him a decent amount this past year, but he is a great player. I think he could be kind of the steal at this draft, even though at this point he's really only following a few picks down from where they expect him to go. But I think it would be the smartest pick we've seen New York do since Kristaps Porzingis, which at the time nobody thought was smart. I think he'll be a surefire, great player for New York, maybe the most consistent player on the team next year even, which is scary to say as a rookie, unless they do something in free agency. But I think... I think it just makes sense for New York to make a safe and a safe pick here. And I don't think it would be a bad pick at all. So who's Washington going to take it now? Right, first and foremost, if, if my boy is listening to this and, and he hears that uh, his name has been mispronounced so poorly, Anyeka Okungwu, uh, respect boy and uh, good luck in New York. Um, so the ninth pick Washington. Uh, I had I had Isaac Okoro here in my mock draft, um, just because I, I liked his versatility and being able to play the three behind uh, Wall and Bradley Beal. But since he is off the board, I'm going to go. Um, <laughs> might be a little bit of a shocker because it seems like we're just drafting to a position of power. Uh, Devin Vassell, I think the the guard from from Florida State. Uh, I think he would be a good fit in Washington, and I think. I think at some point, either this season, we see the end of Bradley Beal in Washington. I hope you're right about that, because I really think Miami will be the team to get Bradley Beal if it all works out for them. Um, But number 10, we have Phoenix. Phoenix has Booker, which there's rumors he wants out all of a sudden that I don't know, I believe, after the Suns went 8-0 in the bubble. They have Aiton. I think they're going to go for a bang, bang, bang and go for one of the point guards between Hayes and Hampton. And I truly don't know if Hayes will be on the board at this point. But I guess since he is in our draft, I have to take him. I don't know that he's as big of a wow idea as RJ Hampton is, but he's really, I think he's, I think he's great. I think he's a good player, 6'5", strong frame. You know, he can defend either guard spot, which I think is key next to Devin Booker. Because Booker, I think he's an okay defender. Um, but I don't think he's something great where I think Hayes could be really that, like, lockdown point guard. And then you have the shooter and the scorer and Booker. So I think he's just most likely – I think he's a great fit next to him. I think RJ Hampton's a little bit too big of a risk. And with the fact that I think someone might reach on Hayes is the fact that I think Phoenix will feel very comfortable – taking him at 10 which means san antonio at 11 i think he would have been a great fit there but since he's gone what's going to happen for san antonio here this is going to be the first pick that i think uh is a little bit of a jump the gun um taking a guy too early but i think it's because he's going to be a good fit in san antonio and i'm taking uh another forward um from memphis precious achua i think he's going to be a good uh player for san antonio 
That's exactly who I think San Antonio should take as well. Um, I think he'll fit great behind LaMarcus Aldridge, learn from him. And then you'll see Aldridge be traded. And so next up, we have the Kings. So the Kings, interesting spot. There's rumors that Buddy Heald will be gone. But I think I think the Kings are the type of team that would take a risk on RJ Hampton. But they have Devin. Uh, Devin, wow. They, wow, Devin. I think they have, since they have De'Aaron Fox, they're not going to take any guard, actually. I think we're most likely going to see, I guess if they take a guard, because I am looking, I was thinking Tyrese Maxey was a small forward. He's a position I could see him taking. But I think they're going to likely, I think they're going to trade back. But either way, I think you're going to see them take someone like Jalen Jalen Smith, which is a little bit lower than I would like. I can't remember. Did you take Patrick Williams off the he board? He is still on the board. If he's still on the board, though, I think they will take someone like Patrick Williams instead of Jalen Smith or Bay from Villanova. I just think I think Patrick Williams, watching him play this year, he's really a consistent player, hard worker. He's big, 6'8", 225. They have him listed as a small forward. But really, in today's league, I think he could play power forward, too. He's a little bit raw offensively, but I think they're already ready to kind of move on from the Marvin Bagley experiment. I think Patrick Williams will be sliding right there for Florida State. If not, then they'll probably take some guy that seems like a reach, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting spot for Sacramento to be in. And honestly, on draft night, I don't expect them to be in that number 12 spot. Um just because I don't I think there's a guy in that range that helps them enough for them to think this is where we want to be in the draft. So they're either moving up or they're moving back one way or the other. I completely agree there. I could not, I really could not agree more. I'd be, there's a lot of these teams laying the lottery that I feel about that same way and the next I, next team is the new orleans pelicans which i might be surprised that they draft at 13 as well but if so who are they taking so the pelicans are are an interesting case and i i look at their team and i look at their team needs depending on uh what they do with drew holiday and what they you know they do with re-signing guys who are who are free agents but uh for at this point I'm going to have them take uh, the, the wing out of Vandy, Aaron uh, Naismith. I think he's a, a good fit uh, in that kind of a three position for New Orleans. And I think this is where he goes if he's still on the board. I think that's a great pick. Next up, to finish up the lottery, we have the Celtics. And the Celtics are a team that, again, I could see easily trading this pick. There's really not much, I don't think, at this point, you're, you see anything that like they truly need unless someone's falling and clearly they think they have a chance. I, I think you'll see a trade on draft night. There's a few people I'm looking at. RJ Hampton still on the board. Cole Anthony still on the board. I've hear, heard a lot about Kier Lewis Jr. still on the board. I think they might also just make it interesting play. I also could see them. I don't know if they would take him at 14, but I think Jaden McDaniels is actually the guy I want to see in Boston. I think they would trade back if they do that. So I think if they're in this position, you'll see them go after a point guard, whether that's Lewis Jr., whether that is Anthony, whether that is Hampton. And so I guess I I was leaning towards Lewis Jr., but with as far back as he is, even though his hype's really building up, I think they're going to go with someone like Cole Anthony. 
I think the fact that his father, Greg Anthony, was a good player in the NBA, you know, that's a great, like, point to think about is the fact that, like, one of his biggest mentors, his father, played in the NBA, was a good player, and really will show that likely it means I expect Anthony to be a hard worker. He puts in effort on both sides of the ball. He was a little bit disappointing to me at UNC, but UNC was just a little bit disappointing and a hot mess, honestly, this whole past year. So I can't, like, I, I guess I can't really, like, judge him that much for it. But I think he has a lot going well for him. He's a great athlete. He's quick. I think he can be a good player on both sides of the ball. And so with the fact that Boston's such a talented team already, I think they're going to take a risk on someone like Cole Anthony even though it would be maybe a little bit of a reach at 14. Granted, though, last year, people thought Cole Anthony was going to be a guaranteed top five pick. So, you know, that's a little bit, that's that's how we see the lottery going, of course. I don't think that's how actually either of us see the lottery going. The fact that there are going to be trades, there's no doubt about oh, yeah. it. It's why the NBA is my favorite league in, in sports. Um, it's just the most fun, and they have more fun on draft night than anyone else. They have more fun in free agency, more fun during the season, in my opinion. But I want to say, of course, thank you for coming on to the podcast once again. Might as well call you the official co-host at this point. But Thursday night should be fun, and soon after, I guess, I'll be talking about what could happen with free agency starting just, I believe, two or three days after the draft. So. The NBA season's truly just around the corner, even though it feels like the season's right only a block behind us pretty much at this point. So, again, thank you for coming on. This has been Cut to the Chase, and we...